Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today is the WNR 402. It's AW Battle of the Belts, and I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Jaxie. How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Um, Battle of the Belts coming up. Very excited. Thank you for having me again. Well, I always appreciate that we've got the two Jaxies. As it was the the Jackson that watches the WWE product and the Jackson that watches the AEW, yeah. so at least you're going to be in a good mood today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might be you know sound a bit more uplifted <laughs> than yeah. usual. Well, you know, no, but like I said, it's a very special show as we also have Gina joining us. Gina, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me on the show again. It's been really fun, and I look forward to doing this one today. Oh, well, the last time you were on was the Dubbing Our 400, greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> <laughs> As everybody knows, I have you on because, uh, honestly, this is the truth. We have been inundated email, probably the most ever in Dubbing Our podcast history relating to you. Um, because the <laughs> question, <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, it's this, I'll just say the strangest thing. I've got an ego, there's no doubt, and but the questions... <laughs> Did she know what's just and the question was because obviously WR four oh one we did uh day one, we had predictions. And the question yeah. that kept popping up was Gina, why did you go for the Miz? <laughs> That's what people want to know. <laughs> okay. So I am gonna tell you now the only reason that I chose the Miz is because I knew the three of you were choosing Edge. So I just did it to be different. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to win. That's how you use points, okay? Oh, well, everyone that's... wants to stand out shine, right? See, the problem is, Gina, Jaxie's got this kind of cockiness because she's won with Monty for the first time, you know, won the first um, prediction. So at the moment, yeah. you know, but this is only uh, just been... Well, I'll say for future, anybody listening, you've heard it now, all right? It wasn't a conspiracy. We weren't trying to kind of jazz it up or whatever anybody else thought. It was just, this is the thing, and, and no one believed it until... So I'm glad we have got that sorted. And um, what we're going to look at today, like I said, is AEW, specifically since winter is coming. Um, so we're going to have a look. Basically, I'm not going to go into as much detail as we used to, Jaxie. As you well know, we used to cover every like Dynamite Rampage in detail. So we're looking at a few details yeah. and we get straight in. Um, so December 22nd, Dynamite, and we had Carla Riley making his debut. Now, I'll give it Jack, to you first. What do you think of Kyle O'Reilly making his debut? And, you know, after what happened in NXT, like kind of Von Wagner, loser leaves town, showing up here. It's kind of unbelievable. Are you happy about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I can't say that I'm, I'm surprised because if I'm not, after seeing sort of the, the, you know, greatest sort of double showcase of entrances being Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, um, you kind of had to somewhat wonder as to when... Uh, his undisputed brothers might turn up. Um, so I, I can't say I was surprised by this, but I didn't want it to be a surprise. I am very happy to see um, uh, them both reunited uh, under the AEW brand. I just think that um, the undisputed era really had something in NXT and really drew a lot of a of of new crowd to the, the this sort of like. Uh, developmental brand so to speak um, and 
I think when, when even during their time when they were all still in NXT, I think it was like a really bad timing that they looked like start uh, separating them um, a bit and splitting the group up. So I was always gutted for that. So, I mean, I'm more than happy seeing him actually um, make his debut. I was waiting for it. Well, the thing is as well, like you said, and it's even AEW playing off NXT storylines by having Kyle and Adam Cole a bit off for each other saying, yeah, we've had problems. You don't need to do that, but it, it makes you as a fan go, yeah. well, you can kind of continue. Agena, I cannot believe WWE and NXT that the Undisputed Era goes, especially how dominant they've been, synonymous with NXT, is it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm really, really shocked that the four of them went brought up to the main shows um i definitely think that the main shows could have really benefited from having you know the the four of them up there especially because they've gotten rid of the hurt business twice now um and many other factions they kind of just throw randomly together and then break up again the undisputed era was something that was consistent in nxt and I am so shocked that they let the four of them go. I assumed that they were going to just take them on up to the to the main well, roster and they would be sort of the new faction. I think Roderick Strong is, is still Simon in NXT, isn't he? Or am yeah. I, or am I wrong? Yeah, Strong, he's, he's um, a former Cruiserweight champion, as it was now, so he'll be joining his buddies by the end of the year. I think that's why it's, you know... <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I'd be really jealous, I'm not going to lie, if all of my brothers are all together. On a different wrestling yeah. program, and I'm I'm still there. No, I wouldn't be happy either. So I can see Roderick um, joining them sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, I do see that happening as well. Without that, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, how big they were in NXT, especially on our podcast, kind of watching the Unspewed Era from debut to kind of dropping the ball. And it makes you think, since Adam Cole didn't sign the contract, they were just like, fuck them. <laughs> you know, <that's> kind of... <laughs> Basically. You know. no, I think, I do think that. Um, it probably didn't help when when Adam left. Obviously, his reasoning for for wanting to probably branch out was because of the fact that he's got connection with Britt. Um, you know, wanting to work closer to, uh, with her to be with uh, you know, with her. Um, and and just you know, new content as well obviously helps add to to that. So, I mean, he's a transatter, isn't he? <laughs> They're all moving there now. So we'll move on. And uh, again, with AEW, it's not all sunshine and flowers, so to speak. So I'm going to try and, you know, have a look. And it, the, the problem with this episode of Dynamite I was watching was uh, Nyla Rose having to deal with arseholes with sign. Bang front and centre mm. in the crowd. And this has kind of been an ongoing thing when we've seen different wrestlers kind of uh, treated like this. And it's just not on you know that's the basic way of saying it and i think hopefully AEW, there's a difference you know where WWE kind of control the crowd but you you need to do that especially with mm. you know definitely i mean you need to have an awareness for this so that you can actually not only prove to your wrestlers that you have hired but also to your fans that you, you do protect those um at you know sort of risk of these of um of of these uh discriminating posters of a lot of the um uh nasty written comments that they put they've they've done it for a couple of different people you know um there there were you know loads of sort of uh haggling of anthony bowens at one point as well in the crowd and i could and, and i remember seeing like security in the background remo- physically removing those people 
And we just need to keep doing that to actually showcase that it's not allowed anywhere in it within the company, outside of the company. This goes for any company out there in general. Like it's really not allowed discrimination and racism. There's no there's no room for it anymore. People need to grow up and they need to move on from this stigma that they actually have stuck to themselves because no one else cares about their opinion apart from themselves. Like I said, the important thing is to be addressed, talked about and, and hopefully sorted out. And it's even like, you know, we talk about um, football and stuff like this, still dealing with, you know, racism and problems there. And with AEW, it's not saying yeah. that they're all like that. There's a small percentage of everybody who's a dickhead, you know, so to speak. But it's it's shining a light on that and saying, no, we're going to go the opposite direction. Kind of, it's all inclusive. You know, it's all Yeah, it is sad to see that this is still happening, especially when there's so many fans who are clearly coming to this sport for entertainment. And there, there's always going to be a few that, you know, ruin it for others. But it's just like, like my sister said, it's just not on and it's not, it shouldn't be accepted at all anywhere. There's, everyone in this world is different. Everybody is different. But we all have two eyes, one nose, one mouth. That's all that should matter. So the hate just needs to stay out. It really should. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And then we see Sting wrestling in Greensboro for the first time in 27 years. Team with CM Punk versus FTR and MJF in a quality main event. Um, I mean, Gina, me and Jax have talked about how great Sting has been in AEW. You're on this boat with us, aren't you? <laughs> I am very much on the Sting boat. Seriously, <laughs> he is. To, to know how good he still is at his age as well, uh, it, it's just great. I, I enjoy watching Sting wrestle so much and I enjoy watching him wrestle just as much as I do Darby Allen. There's no difference. I, I enjoy it so much because he's still got the skills. Everybody still loves watching him and the fact that he's come back to AEW and helps to elevate some of these younger stars. It's just amazing and admirable. And it was a really entertaining main event as well. And then we move on to a special Christmas Day edition of Rampage. And uh, just to make everybody internet happy, Cody Rhodes beat Sammy Guevara to become a three-time <laughs> TNT champion. Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> like, you know. I mean, I, I think it's a brilliant idea. I'm not going to lie. Look at how much hate Cody is getting at the moment. And why shouldn't he just keep on milking it? He might as well, because of like no matter what he does, he's never going to win over the crowd. So why not actually just keep on haggling them? And this is the best way to do it. This is exactly what no one wanted, and yet and yet we got it. You know. <laughs> I'm about that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the fans were not happy, but is is Cody going to turn heel? And is this what it's all leading? Eventually, yeah, definitely. I mean. You can't not when you're you've really solidified yourself perfectly well. I think he's got the uh, great makings to become a great heel because the the, the crowd actually want want that. Um, but I don't think he's going to make it easy for us. I don't think he's going to make it easy for us. I don't think he's going to uh, really solidify that he's um, definitely a heel for a while. I think that he'll probably milk it as long as he can. Well, it's going to be the John Cena thing of, well, you know, here will face, he, he gets a reaction and, and look at the passion yeah. uh, for the crowd. It's even the merchandise was a, you know, the baby face heel winner. 
you know and it's just i like... actually really want that t-shirt <laughs> i really do <laughs> i like it a lot <laughs> but like i said it wasn't a bad match and then december 29th dynamite jr and he might be um <laughs> trying to find his feet again so to speak but this guy's a legend and, and jr in my eyes even if he has a couple of bad shows he's entitled to mm. I mean, he really is. He's worked long enough in this business. You know, a, a lot of us who are fans from WWE and uh, from back in the day all know that he's, um, you know, suffered a multitude of health problems. And yet to be still be within the business that he loves and still uh, capable of doing it, you know, everyone slips up in their job. It is it's inevitable. So, um, you know, I, I really commend uh, JR for for everything that he does and what he's brought to the wrestling community, um, and you know just wish him the, all the best when it comes to his health. Because um, I saw he fell over and and actually uh, gave himself a black eye and everything. He's a little bit accident prone as well, so you know so always sending my best thoughts to JR. Um, but yeah, um, anyone that kind of com- complains about him really should just kind of keep quiet because you're just bashing on a legend here. Well, it's weird with JR as well. I mean, not to, you know, show my age too much, but when I first started watching wrestling, like properly January of 99, Michael Cole and the King were on commentary because JR had Bell's palsy. So when he showed up at WrestleMania 15, I was going, who the hell is this guy? And I was like, well, I don't, why was that hat on? Like, and it wasn't me finding JR and go, wow. And then going back and see, you know, King Living 98 stands alone with his commentary and like yeah. I said, just a just an absolute legend um jericho returned <laughs> as well uh and but jericho returned just after his mate got his head bashed in so i'd have a little chat with him about maybe time like that but um i mean gina... a, a questionable motive <laughs> gina what do you think of chris jericho do you think he's still got a something to offer to AEW? i do for sure i i definitely think that jericho knows how to entertain the the crowd and the fans you know and i i think him coming back is great he he was such a a great person uh, a great wrestler when aw first started and he brought many different sides of him you know from his new japan pro wrestling persona to even his wwe persona in a way he's kind of just been able to create this persona and take other ones and merge and make it into such a great character and including the faction he built as well. I, I think he's brought so much to AEW, and I still think he's got lots to offer um, in terms of helping to elevate the younger talent as well. So I'm definitely um, on the Jericho boat as well. No, it's interesting because for me, I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit more, but with Dynamite, I feel he's going to have MGF on it. You're going to have CM Punk, a Chris Jericho promo. It might sacrifice something else or... You know, but like I said, we'll get into that more detail in a bit. We see Jade Cargill advance to the TBS final, beating Thunder Rosa with the help of a debuting Mercedes Martinez. Uh, for me, the crowd didn't react as much as I would have hoped for this. Uh, but I think Martinez in AEW can only be a good thing, Jaxie, can't it? Oh, hell yeah. Um, you know, we were all kind of like wondering why she was so underutilized when she was in the NXT brand. I don't think she really was ever given a chance when she got onto the main roster either. She had like a very similar run to Mia Yim where it was nothing. It was very non-existent um, and disappointing. I think that she does have potential to to do great things, 
um, within a wrestling company. And I don't think that WWE utilized her as well if they, as they should have. So I'm excited to see kind of what she can bring to uh, to to AEW. Um, we we definitely need you know sort of like more uh, stronger, powerful um, uh, women on the roster, um, and that's exactly what we're getting. Um, and and this uh, only helps but elevate um, the the current female wrestlers that are on the roster to put them up against you know uh, a lot more sort of challenging type characters such as uh, Mercedes uh, Martinez. I think it would be a good idea. Yeah, and I think with the experience that she's got to be able to teach, like I said, the women kind of how to work a little bit, you know, and mm. breed a bit more confidence into them as well. And then we see Sammy uh, Sammy Guevara after his biggest loss of his career coming out and doing a card. And I thought, come on. I know it says, like, I'm going to win back the title, but really? Like, I don't turn into the Miz, but surely you should do a promo and be like how devastated you are and upset as opposed to just the same old thing? Or am I wrong there? I mean, no, I agree with you. I actually said that to you, do you, to you Jaxie. Do you remember yeah. um, when he yeah. came out with the cards? And I said, why isn't he touching more about uh, more on his loss and and feeling more, like, you know, upset at the fact that he had lost the belt, in my eyes, pretty quickly from getting it? Um, I, I thought he had a bit of a longer run in him. So I would have assumes that there would have been a bit more bitterness mm. in in those cards but instead he just seems like you know is happy go larry <laughs> um <laughs> so so yeah i i was really confused on why he wasn't you know being bitter and saying cody's gonna get taken down but each to his own i guess well maybe he deals with you know championship reigns coming to an end as he does the same with relationships so you just don't know how (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) he went there (laughs) hashtag just saying you know (laughs) i mean it is kind of true but you know i'm i'm gonna try and hold uh, hold off judging uh, other people's relationships when I don't know too much about it. No, 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 um, no, I didn't. No, not at all. Myself in the foot there. And then we see. I'm, I'm going to call them the era because obviously it can't be the undisputed era. But we've got Red Dragon and Adam Cole at the moment had their first match together on mm-hmm. AW, beating Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. How weird! I mean, <laughs> Gene, how weird was it? To, like I said, see the era interacting with like Orange Cassidy, like the most AEW thing versus the most kind of NXT. Thing. I mean, it was a bit of a weird clash. I, I, if you had asked me th- this time last year whether I would have seen those two factions in the same ring together, I would have said no. Um, I, I would never have seen the Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends being in a ring with Adam Cole. Um, let alone, you know, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly as well. So seeing it was amazing and it sort of just gave me chills and goosebumps of all the greatness that's going to come from from these guys. But it was also super weird to take in. <laughs> it's like alternate re- or, you know, multiverse or something. You go, am I, is this right or what's going on? But that's a really, really good stuff. And then so we move on. New Year's Eve Rampage, of course, December 31st. And we had uh, Bunny, Penelope Ford, Conte and Anna Jay having a brutal banger of a tornado tag. Britt Baker, eat your heart out. did everything. It's a shame Ford tried to kill herself on a moonsault attempt. But hey, Bunny, uh, probably the best blood. But the bumps into the thumbtack. A pole driver through a table and a barbed wire sleeper. Mm. EC dub. 
EC Dub. And this was. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. Yeah. Um, again, this this was a match that I was. That with, and this isn't meant to actually come across as an insult. So I hope it's not taken away. But this match, I didn't actually expect too much from in, in terms of a street fight. But these four ladies all brought it. Um, like you said, the bunny took some horrible spots. Um, and even Anna J did, especially when she, I think she uh, uh, middle rope suplexed the, the bunny into the thumbtacks. Uh, um, it was, yeah, it was just very, very brutal right from from the word go. Um, Penelope Ford had, had this awful spot where with the, with the moonsault on the table that didn't break, that looked so painful. Um, I, I, I'm, I hope that Ty was okay from that. But the, the match itself, it was just, it was incredible. It was great. Yeah, it was really good stuff. And my only issue, because I want more of this, is why wasn't this the main event? What could actually follow that? <laughs> That's how good it was. Unfortunately, I mean, I agree. I do feel like that should have been the main event, especially with the amount of carnage that came following that match. So I, I definitely think that could have been a main eventer. Without doubt, and then you've got Cody versus Paige next. You're going, oh come on, like, and it's a foregone conclusion. And they're using Dan Lambert could have gone, who's more heel than Cody? All right, we'll use Dan. We'll see if the fans buy that. But I imagine, if you will, Arn Anderson, just like in No Country for Old Men, going to the American building <laughs> and using his Glock to take every member out. You just, you know, I can, I can visualize. <laughs> I can see that, definitely. Like, gangster yeah, iron. Sure. I mean, uh, that is my favourite <laughs> thing, and it always will be. Definitely is my favourite as well. <laughs> right. So on to a bit of news. And like, a couple of bits and pieces, and this is why uh, I like having dead people on to discuss it, uh, because of Big Swole calling out AEW for lack of diversity. Now, this is something that we've actually talked about, Jaxie, on this. So we'll get Gina, mm. what she thinks. Uh, obviously, Tony Khan saying um, that, you know, Jade uh, Bowen's case to Danton Isla, Mark Quinn all won on TV this month. The tournament was diverse. Uh, again, as a white male, I don't think I've got a lot of right to talk about kind of, you know, diversity yeah. in this kind of stuff. So, Gina, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, as looking in, you might think, well, maybe there's kind of more white wrestling. I mean, I'm, these are just my personal views. I hope I don't offend anyone listening to this. Um, and if you don't agree, fair enough. But I'm a mixed race female. For me, I found AEW to be very diverse in terms of not, you know, just black or white wrestlers, you have, you know, Asian wrestlers, Spanish wrestlers, Brazilian, you know, there are, there are so many out there and they're very popular wrestlers as well. I will admit that maybe we could do more in terms of elevating some more of the persons of colour um, to be in the running. And I agree in terms of the fact that we haven't had, you know, a black AEW champion yet. But I'm truly honest, and I asked Jaxie this the other day, who would, who in the company right now would you put as an, a, a black AEW champion, apart from possibly Scorpio Sky, who has already become a tag champion, might we add in? So, in my eyes, Tony should not have responded with the tweet that he did. 
regardless as to how he felt, he should just not have responded. His response was silly because he pretty much named the black wrestlers that he could he could in one tweet and then also added in an insult to Swole. When really he could have just, you know, either ignored or even just sent a more diplomatic tweet out, you know, just saying we are a very diverse um company we are still making strides to make it a better company than it already is i will take anything into consideration you know and just keep it mutual as much as he could he added fuel to the fire when he sent that tweet out i can also understand where swole was coming from she wasn't actually slating the company either i don't think tony really read what she had said because she wasn't slating it, she just said they could do better, which every company out there could do better. There's always something that can be improved. Again, I just don't think that Tony handled it in the right way. Um, and that's kind of ignited more more fuel into this argument now of the diversity. But if you ask me, there are a lot of diverse wrestlers in AEW. Could we see more? Yes. But do we want to bombard everyone with 20 new black wrestlers 20 new asian wrestlers and shove that down all the fans throw i also don't think that will bode down well so you're damned if you do and damned if you don't you have to find the common ground in between and tony just didn't do that no that, that's an excellent point and leo rush yes. got so frustrated about this as well uh asking tony khan to apologize which is again probably something that needs to be settled not on twitter you know, uh, and I think, and if, again, if people don't have yeah, a totally uh, calm. I, I think Leo Rush had every right to say that, but yeah, just wait and like do it behind the screens. Like it's all about discretion and professionalism. Read the you room, know? you know, read the room, <laughs> see what's going on. And then, you know, when we can. And like yeah. I said, if people don't have a go at Tony Khan for diversity, don't have a go at diversity, have a go at the women's wrestling. That's, that's a simple target you know like this is again not having to go at tony khan but when asked about uh women's wrestling and maybe having more on dynamite he cut them off and said um i don't think you realize what i did for the nwa uh, nwa show uh i basically paid all the women to be on there and i don't think i get enough credit so i've got him for that all right not not anything else that's fair enough um we also got more upset as well we've touch on this earlier uh, about homophobic lines and stuff like this uh, in promos especially with Dan Lambert uh, with Chris Jericho uh, and I think would you both agree like we spoke about earlier with the kind of fans in attendance and I think this is not needed in promos either and we've talked about MJF kind of low-hanging fruit there's just no need for it now especially in 2022. Mm. I just think that, you know, we, especially as you say, we're in 2022. I think we're past an age where we take um, uh, sort of like anything to do with uh, very sensitive subjects, such as um, people being homophobic or racist. And we try to turn it into a comedy or into a joke. You know, is I think that is distasteful. It's getting to distasteful in stand-up comedy is getting um distasteful in promos i just think there's there's no need for for that type of a sort of um uh what's what's the result promo work there's no need for for them to kind of hit below the belt when it comes to those types of subjects uh they are sensitive subjects they are also subjects that actually are still a huge issue that that cause a lot of pain 
hurt and suffering throughout every corner of the world. So we do not need to keep on trying to make light of it, even in a promo, even if that is a small, silly joke. We need to move past this now. Uh, We've got other ways of communication. We've got other things in AEW and in like overall wrestling that could be turned into a joke, making snide comments about different companies here and there. I would rather take on loads of that um, and have companies taking jibes at one another than it be all about a racist attack or a homophobic attack and it's all classed as just a joke it's not anymore so end it no and again i didn't think we were going to get as serious as we are but again, this is the thing <laughs> where you talk about the issues and and the double podcast you know we, we've had um i said big gay following right at the start especially with me and dan being together on the show that kind of what drove us in the <laughs> first year or so and the amount of kind of hate yeah you know, we'd get, for, well, not for hate from people, but being told about the hate, just posting normal pictures of them with their partner or on the beach. It's crazy. And again, as a white male, a bit like the racist, you cannot fathom what, the, uh, what people have to suffer every day because we don't, you know? And, it's, yep. and that is why it's equality. That's why it's all these things. And people just don't get it. It's, it's the whole thing again, all lives matter. You just, you're not getting a point. Shut the fuck up. You know, it's just as simple as that. I totally agree with you, James. And one thing I will throw out there for anyone who's listening and hasn't ever experienced this, if you are some have some form of ethnicity in you and your name, it definitely sounds ethnic. Other people, when I say other people, I, I suppose white people with standard names who don't sound ethnic don't know the feeling of having to or thinking that you need to put your nickname or your name that sounds more English on your CV just to get a job because you think you're going to be judged just upon your name, let alone them meeting you in person to know your race. You know, it's such a sensitive matter. And there are so many little things that could set anyone off. And it's about having that awareness. You know, even if you don't know how to pronounce someone's name, it's much more polite to then ask them, you know, how would you, how would I pronounce this rather than try and assume or just hear from somebody else how they pronounce it and pronounce it that way as well little things like that just build up and it's nice to raise that awareness even if we do have to get a bit serious in our in our podcasts it's so nice to raise a bit of awareness because you never know who who you who may hear this and then have a similar experience in life and they know to kind of how to react a little bit better I would say so it, it would always be nice to try and find a constructive way to look at things as well and learn from it. Yeah, I think we that. Like I said, everybody welcome on the WNR podcast, that's for sure. And uh, we're going to talk about AEW, of course, and it had a major upgrade when it comes to television in the UK with both ITV and ITV4 airing Rampage uh, starting last week, as well as Dynamite being unedited on ITV. Uh, Rampage debuts Tuesday nights at 11.05pm on ITV4, replay late Thursday. It'll be late night airing the week, beginning at 11.42 to 12.40 as well. Page was only on fight and now has been agreed to ITV and also Dynamite is going to be on ITV on Monday nights, uh, airing increase from an edited one-hour show to a full two hours. And it says the ratings for this Friday night show usually does anywhere from 100,000 to 185,000 uh, with as much as a quarter of a million people uh, be able to watch it throughout the week. 
Um, this is only good news for AEW. And I'll tell you why it's good news as well. Because even my mum, who <laughs> doesn't wrestling <laughs> whatsoever, will kind of, when we have a conversation, she'll be like, oh, I saw that elite wrestling or whatever it is. And I think, and that's what's going to get you. It's people that don't watch wrestling who will watch it for 15 or 20 minutes and then get into it. I think this can only be a good thing, yeah. especially as it's free to air TV. Definitely. Uh, that's that's really exciting news, especially for you know fans in the UK, um, you know who have who who may struggle to actually uh, get get these um, get a stream up or or unable to pay for Fight TV. Uh, this is even more exciting uh, for them um, as a replay uh, for them to kind of catch up. But it also just opens up a a, a lot more doors for maybe you know um, U, UK uh, wrestling fans that only stick with UK content. It it just branches that uh that balance out a bit more as well. So yeah, it's exciting for AEW. I hope the viewership does well for AEW. Well, well, without a doubt. But also, Fight TV have increased the um like we talked about the AEW Plus price each month. Uh, it's gone from four ninety nine to six ninety nine. You continue to get everything plus exclusive merch special offers because we always use that um, and also fight credits as well. So it has gone up two dollars. But I would say, you know, like I said it is free to air ITV. But I, I quite enjoy. I'm, I'm getting into fight TV. You know, I'm I'm, I'm starting to Same here. <laughs> Same here. I think AEW have done wonders by uh, joining up with Fight TV because I must admit I never even <laughs> had heard of Fight TV before. So, um, you know, they're they're definitely still uh, getting new fans in watching it on on Fight TV, and I just think it's I've never had any issues watching the content on there. No, about that. It'd be nice if they could do more for like my account or something like this. But all for preferences, anybody going on for the first time, just select wrestling. You don't want to get all the boxing and <laughs> the amount of adverts that all the amount of programs that get shoved my way. And I go, I'm not interested in this. I just want I want my AEW plus. It's just the wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just give me the wrestling. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I don't care. At about... least you get you you know you're getting more than what you bargained for <laughs> for <laughs> your price. So we start <laughs> the new year. January 5th, and of course, this is a new Dynamite because they're on TBS for the very first time. And we started off with Brian Danielson versus Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. We see Brian busted, oh, uh, sorry, Brian busted open Page and controlled the vast majority of the first 20 minutes. And Page sent Brian into the ring post three, three times, cutting the challenger open. And Page marked his own chest with the blood of his opponent, a badge of honour. Uh, he went to a top rope moonsault. A power slam earned him a two. He added the dead eye. He set for the buckshot lariat, but fatigue Danielson fell for a connect with the move. But Danielson did manage to pile a label lock, looking for the submission, but of course Hangman refused to tap. There were so many headbutts in this match. I think even commentary mentioned the amount of headbutts we've seen is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, we saw Gotch-style pile driver, a uh, bit like Suzuki's one, but only got two. Page answered by counter running knee with a powerbomb, uh, only to Danielson choke and page finally shook off the pain agony frustration and face cake with blood to put Danielson away with a buckshot for the win uh Jackson, what did you think of this match because you always you said to me once before AEW usually start their shows with a bang I didn't see it here <laughs> um yeah again they do start their shows with a bang and it 
it just kind of, you know, got messy real quick. The blood just came flowing. Uh, Brian Danielson and Hangman Page just worked so well together. And it just, it it did uh, kind of get to me slightly thinking, well, I mean, what what is the outcome going to be here? Are they, you know, is he going to try and milk it so that, uh, you know, he could uh, win by default of points? You know, you have the judges there who didn't really do anything but just sit there and pretend to make um, some notes. Um, I think overall it was like a, a, a really great match. One that I was just kind of towards the end, getting a little bit worried about how the outcome was going to be. But he delivered a brilliant buckshot. Um, and yeah, finally just kind of put uh, Danielson down for a bit, so to speak. Um, it was really enjoyable. I love watching these two in the ring, and it was a great. It was a great way to open up the show. Yeah, and I like. Do you like thinking about now? Looking at the judges, Jerry Lynn's like, "Don't forget, make sure to get." It. Uh, like you said, really, really good stuff. Old school, you know, crimson masks. Mm. That's the expression there. Just really, really good stuff. And then we see MJF made his way to the ring for a match with Captain Sean Dean when CM Punk appeared chasing the scarf wearing heel to the floor. Um, he then blasted Dean with boot to the midsection and a go to sleep, laying a disqualification loss on his foe. And MJF cuts gave him promo in which he said Punk wasn't talented enough to headline WrestleMania, unlike Roddy Piper. And soon he'll be vating Mania. Uh, Punk said, you think the grass is so green on the other side? Be my guest Go ahead, leave main event night four of a buy one, get one free extravaganza, and then get released faster uh, than you last in the sack. And then Punk uh, asked for a match, and MGF accepted. Punk versus Wardlow next week. Um, I thought it was good stuff, but they do love mentioning WWE. Gina, what do you think of this? I mean, I do think that they need to kind of cut back on the WWE jabs now and just you know, start sticking it independently to themselves. I get it. They get more more um, excitement out of fans when they do stuff like that. But I do think that maybe they've started to do one too many. Um, I, I enjoyed that segment, but I totally understood what CM Punk was doing. But I just totally felt for Sean Dean. Why couldn't he just hit him in the face to start the match? And then just get that. Did he have to go with the go to sleep to Sean Dean? He didn't even try and help him up after and say, sorry, man, you know, you got the win. Sorry about that. He didn't even do any of that. He was just like, nah, you can roll out. Let me do my promo. So it was a little bit like, oh, okay, great. Sean Dean got a win, but at what cost? (laughs) So, yeah, but it was a bit of a weird segment for me. I enjoyed it, but I also thought, is that necessary? Could have just gave him a little slap, so... Yeah,、oh, it was. I definitely looking forward to Punk versus Wardlow. It'd be nice to see someone last longer than twenty seconds in a ring with Wardlow for starters.、Um, and I definitely think that they're they're going to put on a、uh, very entertaining match. Again,
Heard it here first, you know. I'm going to say Wardlow wins, but hey, what do I know? Uh, anyway, no, we, weirdly <laughs> enough, like, interesting one. weirdly enough, we talk about DQ Finney, uh, and Tony Khan actually talking about Shinova MG. Uh, it's a short, it's a little bit. You'll become the first wrestler in 140 episodes of AEW TV, Team Dynamite, 22 Rampage, to ever win a match via DQ. The first ever DQ finish. Uh, and that can only be a good thing, can't well, it? At least it's a record setter. <laughs> you see? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> you know, this is the... Look at uh, the side of things. Look at the positive side of things, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, about making history. We'll never forget. We'll never the uh, first DQ winner in AEW. It's just when they start, keep doing it now and have the roll-up victories. Um, but it should be fine. <laughs> Uh, but why? And then we had another Wardlow squash. I tell you what, why didn't you put a women's match there? Let's be crazy. Go on, let's change yeah. the scheduling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Agreed. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying. Hashtag just saying. And then we did have the TBS Championship Tournament final. Ruby Soho, Jade Cargill, and Soho nursed a shoulder injury entering the final and Cargo wasted little time targeting it. Uh, Mercedes Martinez for attempt to interfere, Thunder Rosa fought to the back and when Smart Mark attempted to interfere on his behalf, he was ejected. In the end, Cargo needed neither to realise her championship dreams. The first year competitor endured a no future but so away with an avalanche. Jade did to etch her name in the history. I did like the fact Jade was rope and went no fuck that second row second row it's fine let's not let's not kill ruby um but <laughs> i thought i really really enjoyed this uh gina what did you think of this match? i thought it was absolutely brilliant um i do think that the the ladies held the match on their own i think that they did well in working with each other especially because this is the first match that we've seen between these two um they had good chemistry in the ring as well I was very entertained when I saw Jade attempt to go to the top rope and then be like, no, I think it's better to do it from the second rope, <laughs> which I definitely think was a good idea because I don't know if they would have executed it as well from the top rope either. Um, but yeah, again, Jade proved that she didn't really need anyone sort of back in her corner and that she had this in the bag herself. I'm, I'm, I am happy she won, to be fair. I would have been happy with either winning. Mm. I don't think I would have. Um, been disappointed with any of them with the winning it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Jade won it because I do think with the way they built her up since she's joined AEW, she's not really had any losses apart from maybe that first one with uh, Red Velvet and Cody. Um, oh, no, they won that they won one, it. didn't she's, they? I think she's 22 yeah, and 0 or something like that. Off the top of my head. Yeah, so... <laughs> It would have been really shocking yeah. for her to not win this match, mm. basically, with how they built her. But I also yeah. think that Ruby did really well in terms of being a good contender because I couldn't choose who was going to win that match. I really couldn't. At one point, I thought Ruby was winning it. Another point, I thought Jade was winning it. And that's one thing that I do appreciate about matches when you're watching them and you really can't guess who's going to get the win. So mm. that's, that, for me, shows that it was a successful match. Well, this is a saying I was going to mention of the Danielson page. It's almost disappointment from the fans that Danielson didn't get the win. And like, it's, it's not knowing. It's the same here with, like you said, Soho and Cargill. 
um, where you weren't sure who was going to get the victory. And it annoyed me. I should stop going on Twitter because people go, oh, all this Tony Khan thing, you know, and this is why he made Jay champion. No, look at the year, yeah, like nah, said, the year she had. And um, mm. it's funny, MJF mentions main event in Mania. Don't be surprised if Jade does. She's only 29. And how special an attraction she is. It was unbelievable. I'm looking at her and just going, wow, anyway. And uh, I found as well, much like uh, Brian, Soho's come to AEW to kind of be the workhorse. And she's shone here because there's a lot of work here. Yeah, um, Yeah. I I definitely think that, um, you know, uh, like uh, Gina said, Ruby and, and Jade worked well together. I think that, um, you know, having someone uh, as experienced as Ruby in the ring also kind of helps to elevate uh, Jade and, and her wrestling as well. Um, I think both women did really, really well, uh, personally myself. And I remember, um, you know, I think we were having this discussion a few podcasts ago, James, about how I didn't really want Jade to win because if I didn't want it, the title to be sort of, referenced as that bitch show um and if i push aside you sort of that little slogan i'm actually glad that she won and for the specific reasons that we just pointed out in terms of how she's been like showcased and marketed from the very get-go from the very beginning um she's like you know come across undefeatable and everything like that and i I will just actually say it to all the haters that decided to put it out there on twitter tony did not give her that title for her skin color he gave her that title because she is a workhorse. She worked her ass off. If you actually go back and watch her first match against Red Velvet in the tag team match, you will see that she there was some very sloppy moments in there. Um, every wrestler is obviously continuously trying to work better on themselves. But if you look at the year that Jada's had, she's totally earned that right to be TBS Women's Champion. And she deserves every minute of it. And she was not given it because of the colour of her skin. So I'm just putting that out there now. That's a fact. No, and like I said, the finish was great as well. And, and the picture, obviously not on Dynamite, but you can find it, you found it on Twitter. The picture with her, with the belt and her daughter was just so kind mm. of, it, me getting emotional. Uh, just what a moment, just showed what a strong woman actually is. And a lot of people are scared of that, you know, so I am not. You're so right. Though. <laughs> I am not. If anybody's <laughs> listening <laughs> Well, now we all know uh, the type of woman that James is into. So, Jade, if you're ever single, give him a call. I'm just saying. saying. Or anyone Um, that looks like Jade that's listening, call him. Just just anybody. No, I don't want to make it into that. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. People don't care that I'm very lonely. It doesn't matter. We're going to get on there. Um, we had a great sit-down with Serena Deeb with JR, of course, the match. But wouldn't it be nice to see Eagles action on, like, a Rampage or a Dynamite kind of the match between the two? Um, we then see, I keep calling Alistair Black, I don't mean to, Malachi Black beating Brian Pillman. And then the AEW Tag Team Championship at stake in this week's main event as Luch Bros defended against Jurassic Express. Oh, God. The action started fast oh, and furious. As I can't think of that match without cringing. <laughs> well, we're gonna, this is something we've talked about before as well. And it's going to be interesting to try and see uh, your point of view. <laughs> but we get hot tag to Luchasaurus, but to come back and electrify the fence. At one point, the arena darkened. 
Um, okay. Uh, we see Alex Lavahansis setting up a table at ringside, but Christian Cage chased him off. Uh, Luchasaur is putting Fenix through a table with a choke slam. And at first, it didn't look too. <laughs> Gina, when did you realise what? Because the... the first time I was like, no, oh, that's I saw it Really? I saw it right away. Oh, I saw God. it right away. <laughs> I had Jaxi in my oh. ear on the PlayStation chat. And I just screeched. I was like, oh, I, 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 I honestly, my toes are still curling at the thought of it. I saw it and oh, it was God. just, uh, why did they have to repeat? Rep- like they, they replayed it like two yes. or three times. Like what is wrong with you? AEW? We saw it the once. I wasn't now, honestly. <laughs> it was a great match. Don't get me wrong, but I really can't steer. I, I cannot get that image out of my mind from seeing that happen. I can't imagine the pain Honestly, that felt. He, oh. he looked in excruciating agony, and it was all the arm bent yeah. around. Uh, and then we had Penta oh, with Jungle Boy rolling up to Captain got new AEW Tag Team Champions. Like you said, it was it was AEW's equivalent of Sid jumping off the second rope in WCW. Like This is something that's going to be looked yeah. at in, in years to come. We see the entire tag division spinning out to the stage. Um, as Chris Jericho got quickly told to start clapping, and others for box. Um, but again, this is something that we've talked about. Another injury in a match. I mean, someone needs and to... And again. Someone protect this man at all costs. Someone Seriously. needs to calm him down. Just be Especially like, no. how good he is as a wrestler. He is such a good wrestler, but he just keeps getting taken out. Every match, it seems like you is, there's going to be an injury, and it's just it's just worrying because that that was probably the most ugliest of injuries that he sustained, and we've we've all seen the amount of injuries that Ray Fenix has sustained. Um, I really, really hope he's okay, um, and that he's you know sort of like on the mend, the 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 arms all you know in the right place and everything like that. It's it's just a major shame because it really took away from the end of the match and and the fact that we did get in fact get new tag champions um i don't believe that this was like i don't believe it was a, a supposed to be a last minute decision for them to take the belts i think that they potentially were supposed to take the belts but maybe in a different way rather than a roll up pin and i think because of what happened with ray fenix's arm they had to shorten the match maybe and and just you know kind of go with with that overall sort of front that being said if it was meant to be that the lucha brothers retained i think it, they did an excellent job with communication at actually telling them right there and then to change it up they're winning the belts and to quickly just get this over and done with because of they, they prioritize just kind of making sure to get Bray Fenix out of like sort of the camera's eye as soon as possible it's um it's just a very unfortunate for for Ray Fenix because again he's going to be probably on the shelf now for the next I don't know four to five to six months. You know, um, I wish him such a speedy recovery. But I also would like to just reach out and congratulate Jungle Express for their win and becoming the new tag champions. Yeah, well, like I said, this is the moment in time where Jurassic Express finally got their big moment. You know, we see Jungle Boy with the championship, and we're thinking. Oh shit! Another big injury, and I don't think it was no DQ. I don't think it was a tables match. So you think what was the point? I understand it's a big bump, and that's kind of freak mm-hmm. accident. But with the amount that we see, it seems like every couple of weeks the Archer 
landing on his head or, you know, we're seeing yep. bits and pieces like this or even uh, Powerhouse Hobbs getting knocked loopy a couple of months ago. You think, is, is someone just saying, I know you're going to put on the best show, but we've got to do this next week as well. And if you try and kill yourself, that is not going to help anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we always want, and um, we always enjoy it when the wrestlers are willing to take risks um, in order to entertain us and, and showcase what they can do. But th- there's a, there's a difference between like, you know, really thinking about what it is you can do and then trying to just show off what you can do. And it's like, you know, first and foremost, like the one thing I do want to reach out to wrestlers and say is that we do care for your health. So please don't, you know, unnecessarily put yourself in in that type of harm um, and in that type of danger. Just think about things before before that movement, because the one thing that we don't ever want to see is that there's an early retirement due to, you know, one slip up, one mistake. Um, and, you know, like that is the one that is my one worry about Ray Fennett is that he is going to retire early because of the amount of. Uh, how accident prone he is, you know, and I don't think even think it, um, uh, uh, an injury for Ray Fenix, um, retiring him would be his fault, but it would just be, you know, matter of circumstance. And I just, you know, want them to look after themselves so that they can be in this business for longer. Yeah, it always reminds me when uh, Mick Foley's book, he talks about Ric Flair meeting him at WCW and saying, oh, Jack, aren't you in a wheelchair yet? And this is like, night. and Mick Foley says, how dare you say something like that because of my style? Well, let's not forget, you know, Mick Foley did retire in 2000. Obviously, he came back with TNA run and spread it since then. And he retired early in, you know, in mid-30s. Ric Flair wrestled until he was, what, 106? So it sh- does show you the kind of styles... <laughs> that each wrestler's got. And it is a shame to see. It's nice, though, that this starts Christian's kind of hill turn, which should be great TV. We're finally elevating Jungle and involved in it. Um, Like I said, really fun main event, but with that injury. What do we think, I'll ask you, Gina, of the Lucha Brothers' uh, reign? Because I think it was okay, but were they given enough time to be special? Um, It definitely wasn't a reign like the Young Bucks had. That's for sure. I definitely think they, I don't know whether they had originally planned to change the belts or whether they just saw the situation with Ray's arm and thought, no, give give the belt straight to uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Um, I definitely think that the Lucha Brothers could have gone longer with this. Mm. They, they could have had so much, so many more amazing matches because AEW had some amazing tag teams. And there's still so many more tag teams that the Lucha Bros have to go through. I would have loved to have seen them stay champs a lot longer and had a bit more of a longer reign. But I also kind of have a feeling that it was changed due to this injury. But I think it's just very unfortunate and really sad that this has happened. But I also don't think it will be the last time the the Lucha Brothers get it. Yeah. No, I would have to agree with you there. You know, it's been interesting to see uh, what happens in the course of that win and uh, Jungle Boy getting gold. It means MJF's the only pillar not to win gold. EW, uh, will that change in 2020? So, T3 in, uh, what did Dynamite draw on TBS? Well, it drew over 1 million viewers, up 3.59% very from last week's Smash episode, uh, which is only a good thing, I suppose, for TNT, uh, for TNT TBS, AEW, that million to one point, maybe three, would be fair to say, uh, you know, anything over than that, I think. 
Well, can AEW get a monster rating, or have they shown that's what they can get, and that's fine? I mean, I think that they, um, there's always uh, room and scope to uh, be able to grow and get and get more viewership. I do believe that um, you know this company has only been around for a couple of years, and I do still believe that there are, there are wrestling fans out there that haven't really given AEW a, a chance as of yet. So. Um, I, I think that it, like a viewership, definitely can can continue picking up. Um, I just don't think that uh, I don't think that they need to be any in any form of rush to be trying to uh, take their their products like over the top, you know, because of the, that that's when you start becoming too commercial. That's when you start become um, getting you know a lot sloppier in your content and your continuity and your storytelling. Um, I think that they should just kind of um, continue what they're doing and continue to progress on working relationships with different companies, different channels, and just kind of continue to showcase themselves as best as they're doing. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And then we move on January 7th, Rampage. Uh, We're watching NXT. We're actually watching Rampage. Adam Cole beating Jay Catless. I had to make sure I got the right channel. But another injury, this time the knee of Atlas, which was a bit of a shame. And then Hook won for the third time. Um, Gina, what do you think of Hook? Do you love him as much as everybody else? Yeah, for sure. I think they've, they're doing well with how they're building Hook. I think the crowds all love him. Like I've, I've not really heard the crowd go that mad for a, a young star like that, apart from maybe Jungle Boy. But um, he's he's barely done anything in the ring. He's just been a presence whenever he comes out with Team Taz. But yet, the minute he started to wrestle, he just won the hearts of the fans. And I'll admit, I'm definitely intrigued by him. The more I see him wrestle, the more I see him fight, the more I want to see him again. So I think they're doing a really, really good job in pushing in pushing him. Not, you know, for anything in particular or any belts, but just growing him as his own personal, you know, wrestler and his own brand. So... Yeah, I definitely think Hook's got something good going for him, and I'm really excited to see what what feud he kind of buries himself in. Because right now we're just getting little matches here and there with him in. I know that they're definitely going to put a feud in somewhere for him, so I'm excited to see who his first one's going to be. Um, and I definitely think that loads of fans are just excited at all the different possibilities of matches with Hook. Yeah, I think without a doubt, just really good stuff with him at the moment. Uh, and then Baker and Hater versus Rio Soho, the faces one in this. And then Inner Circle 2.0 beat 2.0 uh, in a main event. And then what we're here for, January 8th, the Battle of the Belts. Uh, Scalabur, Tony Schroni and Jim Ross were on call. David Crockett was ringside, spent the championship to the winner of the match, which was the interim TNT championship, Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. Um, Jackson, what are your thoughts on an interim champion? I mean, I actually don't mind it. This is this is something that's not been done in, in years within wrestling history. So um, I'm not entirely sure what type of uh, injury that Cody has. And he easily easily could have vacated the title um but again this is just adding to what i said about him like really toying with the crowd and really toying with the fans at the fact that he's not fully giving it up um and he's making it an interim so that he still has that opportunity to come back and this probably has irritated a lot of people 
but I just see it as really good storytelling. Um, so I, I kind of didn't mind the fact that um, uh, this was going to take place um, and be an interim sort of match, because even if um, uh, I was thinking to myself, even if Dustin Rhodes wins, this would actually make for some really good storytelling because what would Cody do? Cody, are you going to come back and actually feud it out with your brother or would you like just like kind of leave it with him? You know, that that's, there was just loads of different stories that could all, you could already start kind of thinking of coming out of this match as well. Yeah, I think without a doubt, the crowd was hot for this one, but um, it felt for me parts of this were in slow motion. At one point, right, when Dustin just stopped, <laughs> I like, Part of like slowing down the pace, but he was like, Let me just catch my breath back. Uh, Frega del Sol came out from underneath the ring and set up a table before Arn got his Glock out. And... I don't know why he was. What were you gonna do with that? Like, just literally screw over like Sammy's chances by getting the table out. Like, seriously, Fuego, what were you thinking? I'm just glad Arn was I was here. thinking the same thing. What did Fuego think he was doing <laughs> pulling that table out? It's like, Why are you getting involved? When did Sammy need your help? So I agree with Jaxie on that. Well, uh, like I said, Arn did blow him away in the end, so that kind of sorted out. Uh, Guevara tried to Spanish fly Dustin through the table. At that point, I thought that is never going to happen. But Dustin did reverse it, hit Destroyer off the apron through a table. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) It looked incredible. Honestly. But the risk. Honestly, though, the wrist like hit Sammy's neck. I was so worried. I was like, "Can someone check on Sammy? Can so someone the, check? Will someone stop the damn match? Like, come on!" It's, <laughs> it was just Guevara managed to kick out. Dustin hit two crossroads. He teased the tiger driver, but Guevara escaped and down Dustin with a kick. A quick cradle exchange late, and Guevara pinned Dustin to win the interim title. And after the match, David Crockett presented the title. Daniel Garcia entered and slapped Guevara for a brawled, forcing officials and separate him. And Guevara challenged Garcia to the TNT title match on Dynamite. Um, I mean, Dustin does, does still impress me. I go hot and cold with Sammy, but I think he needs... Uh, David Crockett looks great for 76, but how awkward did he look getting in the ring? Like, he never did it before. Oh uh, Gina, what are your thoughts on the match? We did actually say, I think he needs help getting in the ring. <laughs> I mean, surely they had run-throughs of this before. Yeah. So surely he had a little bit of a... You know rings, right? Wrestling rings, ring. they got ropes. <laughs> I mean, the match was great. I, I thought Dustin was great. I think he still moves really good in a ring. He helps make people look so great as well. We all know Sammy's a great wrestler. Dustin just helped kind of solidify that again. And he he just showed that he still has it as well. So, yeah, I was really pleased with the match. Yeah, I thought it was quite fun. Let me see Taz joining commentary and the FTW Championship on the line. Ricky Starks uh, versus Matt Seidel. They jockeyed for position for a long time. Went up top. Starks went for a Rochambo, but Seidel turned it to top rope Frankensteiner and the Michinoku driver. A lightning spiral followed for a near fall. And after a Meteora, Seidel covered, but Starks' foot was on the ropes. He came back with a spear and a Rochambeau for the win. And after the match, Starks and Hobbs beat down Seidel. Lee Moriarty ran out to try and make the save, but was dropped by the right hand from Hobbs. Dante Martin came out to dispatch Seidel for facing off with Hobbs. He dropped Hobbs out of the ring as Team Taz retreated back up the ramp. I think you just send Hook. Gina, what do you think of Ricky Starks? I know 
you're a huge fan, so I'm going to ask you what you thought of the match and be unbiased. I mean, I, I am going to be unbiased because I'm going to come into this and say Matt Seidel was so good. I really love Matt Seidel. Every time I see him in, in the ring, I'm like, why, why don't we see more of him? I don't feel like he gets enough matches. He, he helps people to look good, but he's also so versatile himself. And we've seen him fight powerhouses. We've seen him fight other high flyers. And he just he he just merges well with all of them, and he can adapt himself so well. Uh, I really enjoyed the match. I thought they they both kind of had a good you know turn couple of turns each. I thought it could have gone on longer, not just for me to stare at Ricky, but I just thought that they could have had a bit more of a longer time. But I appreciate that they didn't have the time to spare for it. So, um, in in all honesty, I thought it was a good match. I didn't think Matt was going to win just because they hadn't really built up a feud for this match it kind of just got announced randomly and as much as I always love to see Ricky Starks in a match it would be a bit nicer if you're going to put a match like this on Battle of the Belts to have a little bit more of a backstory to it other than oh he was with Dante Martin so I want to beat him up sort of thing because we have actually seen Ricky Starks versus Matt Seidel before so I just wish they would have created more of a story a few weeks beforehand to make this match feel a bit more impactful rather than a filler match. Um, but aside from that, I think it was still a great match. I was entertained seeing them both. And I just love Ricky Starks' Roan Shambo move. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, well, Starks is another one who needs to wrestle more. But his commentary is slowly that. But like I said, no way side dad win. And we get a video packing main event that Britt Baker's never beaten Rio. Will she be able to? Uh, the AW Women's World Championship on the line. Interference on Hater. Now Baker take control. Rio gave herself some separation. Went for a diving crossbody, but Baker moved out of the way. Rio dived on Hater instead. Hater and Baker went to set up a table, but Rio attacked. She set for a top rope double stomp, but Rebel took the hit. Baker avoided a second attempt to hit an air raid crash. She went for the lockjaw, but Rio avoided and slapped her across the face. Uh, Baker countered Dragon Suplex into another lockjaw attempt, but Rio managed to read the ropes. We get more and more interference, allowing Baker to finally go for lockjaw. But Rio rolled Baker up for a good near fall. She, uh, Baker then hit a curb stomp. A hater brought the belt in the ring, but the official ejected Rebels, you know, as you would. Um, obviously, so more between Baker and Hater as well. Rio used distraction and hit an overnight suplex. Uh, but couldn't get the job done. Uh, Baker counted. She hit a curb stomp and then applied the lockjaw for the win. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this main event? Well, firstly, I just want to say it was great that they chose this to be the main event. This was the only way to go forward at, um, for the main event for Battle of the Belts. I also still felt like there should have been like another female match um, on, on the cards, but I mean, that's just personal. Uh, I think the match overall was good. I think that there was... Um, so, so here's my thing. It's probably an unpopular opinion, but I thought the match was good, but um, I, I kind of felt like this should have gone the other way. I kind of feel like they could have like played more um, with the whole Riho has never been uh, beaten by Brit sort of thing. Um, and the way I would have like done this is exactly how they actually did, did the match, which is there was so much interference, whether it was coming from Jamie Hayter or Rebel, there was always interference. I um, I would have loved for this sort of outcome where Jamie accidentally cost Brett the match, including the title, um, and then having sort of like this this sort of like 
feud start taking off with Jamie Hayter to then have Brett come back and and then take the title and finally beat Riho without the help of Jamie Hayter because she's already put uh, Jamie down or something like that. That that personally would have been my forte. However, that being said, this match was good. Um, Riho is just so good in the ring. She's got so much talent. Um, I think both women work really well together. And uh, if if it wasn't for so much um, interfering, I think that the match could have uh, been like a, a lot better um, in terms of, you know, like hype from the crowd. But I think that there was a bit too much going on in terms of both Jamie and uh, Rebel kind of constantly interfering. Um, for a for a women's title match, I, I I think that the ref should have done a better job with all of these interferences. Um, you wouldn't have get gotten this many interferences in, say, Hangman Page's match. Well, this is the thing, and interference can work, uh, but the champ does need to win herself, even if it's a heel champion, to mm. get the job done. And like I said, I enjoyed the effort. Yeah. The crowd weren't 100% into it. Uh, maybe because, you know, they thought Britt was always going to beat uh, Rio. And I think that's the one thing maybe with Britt Baker, you know, 220 days as champion. And I mm. can't think of many main, main event or standout moments in a title reign. And is it, is it, is it the reason because no one's on her level or have they not as much? Because when I think of like, oh, Baker, like Thunder Rosa, but obviously that happened before a title reign. Yeah, yeah. See, do you know what? I don't even think it's like any sort of fault of Brits, but I just don't think, I think since uh, she became champion, they've not kind of um, handled the storylines as well as they could do um, compared to that of the AEW world title. Um, I I think that uh, she has the potential to be kind of um, having this great feud, uh, title run feud, with the likes of Thunder Rosa, but I feel like they're trying to prolong it too much. And by doing that, they're kind of ruining the sort of like um, the whole run of, of Brit's championship. I think that, um, you know, as much as it's, it's great to see like a, a, a woman be able to hold the title for so long because that they are a company that are only a couple of years old, they still need to solidify other women and not just focus on one main woman. Like we don't want this to become a new Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch situation where uh, we know that, you know, Brit's just going to automatically be handed title after title after title. We need to know that, you know, the first time last year, for example, like Brit was still just trying to solidify her, her heel persona, um, you know, and I just think that, you know, we don't want to um, stigmatise the other women that are working their butts off and showcasing themselves really well as well within within this uh, title run of Brits. And we don't want to have it so that Brit has been there, done that, beaten everyone sort of thing. There has to be certain challenges. Like, we can't make her unstoppable. Otherwise, it's just going to get boring. Her character is going to get boring. People will grow bored. And then that kind of ends up leaving Brit with nothing to do. We don't want that. Also, it's it's easy for AEW or for Dynamite to be like, right, let's look at the schedule. We've got one woman's match. Oh, Britt can just do a... As long as she does an interview and it ends with DMD, yeah. that's her on the show. And I think that is a problem yeah, because yeah. quite a strong character. They don't... Like you said, if it was an MJF or Chris Jericho or people like that, she would consistently be wrestling on the shows and, like I said, mm-hmm. improving other women around her. Um 
But look yeah. at the Battle of Belts. I mean, as for the, but the Battle of Belts, it's funny that CM Punk said, uh, obviously, you know, to MJF, the main event night four of a buy one, get one free extravagant. When this just felt like, what the fuck? You know, it's like Dynamite mm. was the real Battle of Belts. Like we said, we had the tag title change. We had the, the world title match. What was this? AEW just did a throwaway event like WWE did. Or am I wrong? No, I mean, you, you, you're you're not wrong there. I think I, I do have to ask myself, well, why weren't these matches also on Battle of the Belts? I'm not I'm not under I'm not sure I understand where what Tony's reasoning behind having like the tag titles and the the uh, um, uh, AEW title kind of you know defended on on like the normal show. And yes, um, I can understand about the TBS title. Uh, being showcased on there, uh, it was a new channel and it's their belt. I understand that, but these other matches you really could have had for this show and made it, you know, like it wasn't even that long a um, a show anyway on Saturday, so they could have easily added these two matches, um, and it would have just made this again another be- very strong contender for a great pay per view um, show from AEW. So I just think that like I. It sucks because, like, I don't want to badmouth it, but I feel like there wasn't enough for on that show to have made it like its own pay per view. They should have brought the tag titles and the AEW title uh, matches up to that one. They had them in the same week, so there was really no need for it to be on within a weekday. You could have had that on the Saturday, and you probably would have drawn more attention to yourselves if if they had. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's called Battle of the Belts. It made sense to do more title matches on that that show rather than mm. a standard Dynamite or Rampage show. So it was baffling to know that there's the only titles really were the TNT, which was interim, and the FTW, which, as much as I love Ricky Stark, that belt isn't and really it- on the same you know page as the rest of the belts. And then there's Brit's belt. <laughs> Well, this yeah. is the thing, yeah. Um, Dynamite, yeah. Rampage, and then AEW Special. It's kind of real throwaway. It, it was a throwaway uh, pay per view. Um, it one that I enjoyed, but one that could have been much longer. Um, so it is confusing as to why they they went about it this way. I suppose they wanted to make more of an impact on on their first show on TBS, which is understandable. But when you're holding a, a sort of pay per view that is titled Battle of the Belts. Tony, you might want to put the belts on there. It's 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 strange that they did it, and it's a this it's it's a WWE move, you know. And AEW have got enough kind of good spirit and stuff like this. But if you're just doing the specials because that's what you contract with TNT, fine. But don't don't pretend it's something special. Or if you are, like I said, change it up because if the tag match, a uh, tag title match, had been on here with the TNT title and the women's main event. That would have been perfect, you know, or extend it a little bit. Um, and like I said, throughout all this, only one's women's match on each show, which is just such a shame. I know they've got a kind of standard women's match before the main event, but they, they look at the talent that they've got, you know. This is Jackson, you will, it is unacceptable. It is. It's just. It's just disappointing, isn't it? Really, because of like you just said, we've got so many different talented women on this roster that could go more. Um, I do think that they should bring in some female tag titles. You've got quite a few women that are ta- are, are 
that t- team up quite often with one another um, that you could really just kind of start showcasing off as as strong candidates to be champions. Um, and, and I think if it, if getting women's tag belts means that more women will be showcased, then we need to actually introduce this. I know we've just gotten a new um, women's uh, TBS belt, but uh, it's, it's clearly still not enough. As you just said, for, uh, you know, um, one, this is just for one whole week and we had one women's match per show. Uh, it, and it, it's just not really acceptable when you know that the ratio between male wrestlers and female wrestlers are near enough in the same. So they can't say that they struggle to find talent because they have a plethora of talent that is on their roster. They need to stop um, relying so heavily on the men to give a good show and actually give the women a chance because hands down, half of the women are better than the uh, male wrestlers in in certain um, matches so i'm just saying no honestly and this is something that i've said about wwe for a very long time the the female wrestlers are better characters and better workers than the majority of the male roster you know when you look at about Mm. you know even EST or the boss or the queen the Mm. man you can name all these you think aw it's very very simple to kind of get it sorted. And considering that Impact just had Hard to Kill, which was a great pay for you. We'll speak about it on the live show. Um, they had the Ultimate X women's match starting off with six women involved. And the main event was Mickey James versus Gianna Parazzo. And even WWE have announced mm. Mickey James, the Impact Women's Champion, is going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble. So we've got this coming this month. You would think Tony Khan would go, let's battle it with Sank else. You know, well, let's yeah. let's have something there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, right now WWE are stepping up a lot more than AEW when it comes to showcasing their women. Um, like both both companies like really have a lot to work on when it comes to showcasing their women and they're actually giving them equal amount of time uh, on camera, on the, on screen, in the ring um, than the men do. But you know, like th- this was a little bit disappointing to you know basically have two women's matches during one week, even though we had a pay-per-view event. So um, they definitely need to step it up a, li- a, a little bit more. And if that means getting tag belts for them, then do it, because you have a plethora of women that deserve to be tag champs. Yeah, I think without that, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, but that is nearly it. What an enjoyable look at AEW. Gina, how have you found AEW? Like we said, the, what we've looked at now, have you been enjoying the product as much as you ever have been? Yeah, I'm still really enjoying it. I'm still excited each week for the next show to see what's going to happen next, what we're going to see next. Um, I agree with both yourself and Jaxie. I really, really hope that they do more with their women's division. They have so many female wrestlers there that they could use and, you know, start something with, start storylines with. That's what we need to see more of. There are always going to be areas for improvement with any company, let alone AEW. There's always going to be some areas for improvement. But all in all, I'm still excited each week because I don't think it's going to be the same show as it was last week or the week before. I always feel that it's still different at this point in time, which is nice. Um, we, we don't want anything re- repetitive, which is why I've lost interest in another certain program. Um but it's getting better, and I do I do hope that all of this, you know, constructive criticism that they're receiving 
they take on board and truly do something with it. But I'm still enjoying it. Oh, like I, you know, I said what I said during the show, but it's still the most enjoyable. Uh, Dynamite is still the most enjoyable wrestling show each week. There's no, you know, I watch eight of them, so I fucking know. Like, the Dynamite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, it's at these points where you look at it and go, "How can we improve the product and kind of move on?" As opposed to go, "No, everything's perfect." Well, no, you kind of adjust and have a look. And like I said, the pod started in 2015. It was Bailey and Banks's match at TakeOver that really changed everything. And since then, Women's Royal Rumbles and Chambers and the May Young Classic and stuff like this, even if it's a tournament, or not a tournament such for AEW, because they do love tournaments, or, or, or something like a, a Battle Royal involved to, to build it up. But Dynamite is still great. Like I said, Adam, uh, Adam Page you know, is fantastic. The amount of talent that they've got is unbelievable. You know, And AEW is saying, of course, we're going to be looking at each month uh, as well. But that is basically it uh, for today. The next time we will be together will be, hopefully, uh, the end of the month for the Royal Rumble live show. Now, we've just mentioned James, Mickey James, in the Women's Rumble match. Jaxie, are you excited for the Women's Royal Rumble and the actual event coming up? Um I'm always excited for the Royal Rumble. It is one of the best pay-per-views that WWE um, do every uh, year. Um, I'm I'm disappointed because WWE just gave away like a lot of the lineup already, uh, which they could have easily left uh, a surprise for a lot of us fans. Um, I don't understand why they did do it like that. Probably just to actually entice people to watch. But, um, you know, regardless as to whether or not I'm disappointed with finding out who's going to be part of it already, that my excitement level is still there for it. I mean, come on, we've got Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins coming up on there as well. You've got, you know, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Like, we, there's some peak matches that are also involved in Royal Rumble. So, yeah. Definitely excited. Well, like I said, Gina, hopefully you enjoyed uh, being on today's show and you'll join us for the Rumble live show as well. Oh, always. I always enjoy my time on these shows. And yes, I will be there for the Rumble show too. Like Jaxie said, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm a bit disappointed that they announced all the participants for the females. I know that they would have done that anyway in terms of announcing certain people, but I also think that that's one of the nicest surprises for Royal Rumble is not knowing who's coming out next. So it would have been nice for them to keep certain things a bit more quiet. Yeah, I think that's true. But also at the Rumble, like, we'll do live predictions. Uh, so you can, you know, we'll get it down and get it done. And also do Rumble bonus point games. So yeah. we'll do stuff like who do you think the final four will be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Who the uh, Roman Reigns award most eliminations and stuff like that as well. Also looking at statistics and stats and everything like that. Oh. It should be really, really fun. But today has been a great show. But that is it. For now, don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast, I'm at the WNR JR. Jaxie, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me across Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. And Gina, do you want people contacting you? It's up to you. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to give personal uh, information. You can do, especially if, you, if, especially if people still have issues with me choosing the Miz. You can contact me <laughs> on Instagram at purplerain1089. Or you can contact me on Twitter 
at Purple Ping. Well, there we go. We're talking about also on Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> across all Google platforms. Send us an angry email about Gina at the WNR podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, podcast latest clips on YouTube as well. Uh, and SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify, iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review. So that is it. The next episode of WNR will be NXT Update. But until then, I have been James Rose and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie. Thanks for joining me, Jaxie. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. This has been so fun. And of course, we've got Genius Gina as well. <laughs> Yes, I love this little nickname. Thank you for having me on again, James. It was super fun. No problems. I've enjoyed myself and I hope everybody listening has as well. Thanks and bye.